Hello, this is the fourth and final of our Advent blogs reflecting on church. This is the one from the 22nd of December. How to be or to do church with the theme of love. Love came down at Christmas. We have spent the last three weeks looking at what church is, who church is and why be church. Christmas is nearly upon us and we think about how to be or do church. And the answer is love. For the whole story of the incarnation is about a God who loves us so much he gave his one and only son. The sugary nativity story ends horribly on Good Friday, but then redemption comes with a miraculous resurrection three days later. Love incarnate is not pretty, but it's pretty effective. Here's a thought. Stay with me as I'm used. What if we put on a biblically accurate nativity? Mark's Gospel. Nothing. Nada. Nul point. Starts with a 30-year-old Jesus, no nativity. John warbles on about light and word, but Jesus is not even mentioned. It is about him, but John doesn't confirm this until right at the very end of the book. Matthew. Very scant. A genealogy. A bit about Joseph and then a simple, she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. That's it. Matthew's nativity. See um, here uh, a bit later for what chapter 2 is all about. Luke. Most of what we would call a nativity narrative comes from Luke's orderly account. The census, the inn, the shepherds, the angels, all Luke's contribution. Every year, Ian Paul publishes his blog about what a biblical nativity looks like and what tradition has changed or added. We cannot justify that story from the actual gospel narratives. It is now an annual ritual for many of us. We know the preparations for Christmas are in full swing when this particular blog appears on his Savitso blog. You can find that online. So let's just picture the classical nativity. The star in the, in the top of the picture. Now the star moved to above Bethlehem to guide the Magi two years after the birth. The flocks of sheep. So we find sheep there. The flocks of sheep were on the hill. There's no mention the shepherds brought some with them. There's no mention of an inn, but there is the lack of a guest room, which would be in a family home. There is a manger, but that would refer to a dip in the floor of the main room in the house. It's the obvious place to put a baby. The Magi, the wise men, they were asked by Herod when the star appeared. And based on their answer, he ordered the killing of all boys under two years. Therefore, they did not visit the infant Jesus. They set off two years before. They set off when he was born, but it took them two years to get there. We find that in Matthew 2. An ox and a donkey. These are drawn from the prophecy in Isaiah 1 verse 3, but they're not actually mentioned in the gospel accounts. And the shepherds went to see Jesus, so they should be there, but they went after the angels had left them, so the angels had gone. Therefore, a biblically accurate nativity scene will omit most of the things we naturally associate with the story. 
Several carols would need to be rewritten. And we would only mention wise men and gifts from afar in January when we mark Epiphany, which is a season that refers to Matthew 2, where we find them. And if we made these changes, we would be accurate and we would be correct. But is that the point? Christmas is said to be the most pregnant, that is a pun intended, time for evangelism. Many people choose to come to church and engage with outreach. Just look at services, school Christmas services, carol singing in local pubs, where Christchurch have a live nativity. Commercialisation of Christmas has undoubtedly moved people away from the original message, but many people are still open to it. Annual Christians who come once a year are willing to listen to the message of hope, of peace, of joy and of salvation. Paul closes his oration to love in 1 Corinthians 13 with these words. And now these three remain, faith, hope and love, but the greatest of these is love. Jesus told the disciples, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. These details of the nativity, while inaccurate, don't falsify the gospel. They don't endanger anyone's salvation. And if they will draw people into a deeper sense of their need for Jesus, it may be a gentle fiction, may be the way to be. As Paul described his own approach, though I am free and belonging to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone, to win as many as possible. To the Jews I become like a Jew, to win the Jews. To the weak I become weak, to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I might share in its blessings. He could just as well have said to the modern world, I become a Victorian, because many of our traditions stem from that era. We weep for those who do not know Jesus as Lord and Saviour, and we are called to love others sufficiently to want them to know him. We love God enough to offer our sacrifice of praise. So how to be church? Follow Jesus' summation of the law. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? He was asked. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbour as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Love God, love your neighbour. Worship the giver and then give away the gifts. Love Pearly and beyond this Christmas and throughout 2024. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. A very happy Christmas to one and all. And may you know every blessing. Amen. <laughs>